Hey everybody, welcome back to the Love Your Existence podcast. I hope you all are having a spectacular day or night whenever you're listening. I just wanted to start off by saying that my neighbors are doing some work on their house, so hopefully that doesn't interfere too much with me recording, but... Wow, okay, this has taken me a lot longer than usual to get to the point of recording this episode because I was going back and forth for so long because I didn't know where I wanted to go with this episode. So I decided just to speak on the things that are weighing heavily on my mind. I wanted to start out by just kind of talking about how I've been doing recently Because honestly, I haven't been feeling my best lately. I haven't been motivated to really post on TikTok, so I don't. Uh, Part of me kind of just wants to delete the app right now too, so I don't- we'll see where that goes, but I've just been struggling a lot lately with body image and my appearance, I guess, and- The larger part of me, my higher self, thinks that it is so stupid to even question these things about my body because my body is just this vessel that I'm utilizing in my human life. And it just makes me sad nowadays that literally almost everyone has at some point not felt good enough because of their bodies. Because we are all unique and our bodies are different in special ways. And I've just been going through this mental battle because for every one thing, like, I don't like about myself, I can think of ten other reasons why to like that part of myself. But I got so used to seeing my body in that state. And I know I shouldn't listen to that one doubt. But I want to be honest because I know a lot of other people have or are experiencing this mental battle. And so in the past, I used to not really eat that much on a day-to-day basis. And it wasn't so much that I was afraid to eat. It was I was just so anxious all the time that I didn't feel hungry because of that. And that's not healthy. Like, not eating is not healthy. That's not something that people should be pushing and that they're proud of. And I think one of the biggest things I've struggled with, just being a woman, and I just had to bring this up because I found this out, like, a year ago. And I think that's absolutely, like, ridiculous that this isn't talked about more, especially today where... Social media is just pretty much fake and manipulated because we all take photos that show off our best angles and it's just not, like, realistic anymore. But especially since I started, like, eating again, I've noticed, like, my lower belly just sticking out a bit more and I think I experience a lot of body dysmorphia, but... This used to mess with my head so much until someone said, that's where your uterus is. Like, it's normal to have that extra bit of fat right there because it's protecting, it's there to protect your uterus. 
And especially as a woman, like, we're just, there's just so many beauty standards that, like, tell us, like, oh, we have to have this, like, perfectly, like, flat stomach, and it's just, like, not, and when you eat, like, you bloat, like, it's just, like, normal. It's just fucking ridiculous that I didn't know that. I'm, like, like, I didn't realize, oh, my uterus is there, so, like, that's why my body looks like this. And it doesn't look bad either and it's so fucking natural and normal and nobody talks about it and so I it just makes me so concerned especially just for young girls because I'm just realizing that the amount of time I spend thinking about my body is getting exhausting and upsetting especially since this body that I'm in right now is meant to experience life. It's not meant to look perfect all the time. And I want to get into today's topic, but I wanted to touch on that because it's stuff that I've been struggling with and I thought sharing it would do me some good and maybe for somebody listening. And I'd love to talk about this more and maybe I'll get into an episode about it. I think a lot of us can agree that nobody knows like every single detail of what happens when we die so maybe even that statement's a little maybe some people wouldn't agree with that but these are my personal beliefs so I just ask that they're respected as much as I would respect yours And there is a lot of disagreement about this topic, and there are so many different religions that have different beliefs pertaining to death, and just what happens after we die and all these things. So I really, 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 it's not my intention to offend anyone. So if you continue to listen, just please have an open mind, and you can still have your beliefs, but I feel this is an exciting topic to think about and share ideas on. And I'm not asking anybody to agree with me or anything on these topics. I just, I realized how difficult this actually was going to be to record, like, (laughs) before I started recording this. Uh, Because I just know that some people, I guess, won't really want me to believe the things I do believe. So, just please, like, you know, if you feel like this isn't an episode for you to listen to, like, please, like, exit now. (laughs) So, I'm gonna start off by touching on my experience with religion. I won't be touching on many religions in this episode because I do want to focus on my personal experiences. I feel, obviously, I'm more knowledgeable than about it by touching on things I've actually gone through. I have been learning a bit more about Buddhism and Hinduism, but I just don't feel comfortable enough to speak on them in that much depth. And just because I don't have that personal experience like I do from growing up in the Lutheran church. My parents raised me as Lutheran, so I... My church experience, I I usually went on a weekly basis uh, for, I don't even know what they were called, just like Bible groups or 
Uh, we just go to these weekly, like, groups that we were in. And I started going to these when I was really young. I can't even, like, I don't even want to say how young I was because I'm not even, I, I don't know for sure. But from when I was pretty young till, but I just feel like we never really, like, in these groups, like, it was rare to actually talk about, the, like, the Bible. So I feel like I, I felt like I never really learned anything. So it was hard for me to, like, really know what I believed in and I didn't really understand any of the stories in the Bible because again we never really talked about them but so I never really understood them until I took some college courses on like the Bible and Christianity. I remember when I was younger enjoying going to church uh, to see my friends but I remember this one time like we'd have church leaders and we were supposed to take these quizzes one day like, there are questions, like, about the Bible. And, I mean, we were just messing around. So, every time a question was, like, read off, like, nobody knew the answer. So, I just, I feel like we weren't really learning, like, any, like, I had no idea what was going on, pretty much, I feel like. And I just, I think that fueled us to continue messing around and not really taking an interest. But, yeah, I feel like I just wasn't really being taught anything substantial besides the fact that Je Jesus loves me. Like, that's all I knew. <laughs> but yeah, so I felt confused a lot of the time, and most of the time, again, like I said, we wouldn't- we just wouldn't really discuss the Bible, I guess. Or at least I didn't, like- I mean, I can't remember, obviously, from when I was super younger, but maybe I just didn't even understand it at the time, too. As I got- older I think we were taught more in terms of the bible stories but again not enough for me to really get an understanding of anything and eventually I didn't really have many friends in the groups I was put in and I think I didn't even really again knew what I believed in I was just kind of there because this is the way that my parents wanted to raise me and then after I was confirmed my parents kind of allowed me to decide what I believe in. I just say kind of because I don't know. It feels like some people definitely want me to believe in this and in the church's ideologies, which is, you know, like, I get it. Uh, but I do like to question things. I do like to look at things deeper uh, because at the end of the day, there are so many mysteries and... Especially with how confused I was, like, I, I couldn't say anything for sure. And it just got to the point where I didn't want to go to church every week because they would, you know, assign us to our groups. And I didn't connect with those people and didn't really know them. So it just wasn't fun for me. It was more so just a chore for me. So when I was younger, it was just so much easier for me because I wanted to go because... First and foremost, like, it was fun for me at the time. So, in terms of my beliefs, and this is super personal to share, but I do believe in a God, a higher power. I do like referencing God and the universe as the same being. I noticed in my experience with the church, and maybe it was because I'm younger too, because I've seen so much debate 
in the Christian world on, like, both sides. Like, some people, they just talk about God and present him too much as, like, human-like to me. But then there are some people that are like, no, like, he... Yeah, they reference him to as he, yet they're like, he is not male or female. And it's just... But it's just, like, even, like, bringing that up, it's just, like, to me, our souls aren't human. They just have the ability to experience human lives. So I don't look at God as human-like, and I'm not saying that every Christian does or anything. But just from my experience in the church, I mean, from a super young age, I pictured God as this man watching me all the time and, like, that he would listen to me when I would pray to him and just that he always knew what I was doing. It's just very, like, somebody watching you. It just felt like too... The image I had of God in my mind was very human-like. I just think that the concept of a higher being or some source is far more complicated than we can even begin to understand. I just think that, you know, I pictured God very differently than I do now. And I mentioned a little bit earlier, I've taken multiple courses in college on Christianity and the Bible, and I will say that I did appreciate how much my college courses presented the Bible as a piece of history, first and foremost. And in discussing the Bible, my professors mainly emphasized to not take every concept or rule presented in the Bible as literal or that it should be applied to today. Because the Bible has been translated in like a thousand different languages and there's been thousands and thousands of revisions of it. It, it just doesn't make sense to me to take rules from the Bible, which were written thousands of years ago, and twist it to fit your own interpretations and personal beliefs and then apply those things or rules to our modern world. And I'm not talking about the concepts like, oh, we should love everyone, because we really should. But I feel I feel like that concept is also, can get kind of twisted. And not, not every Christian is the same. How in the church we are taught to love everyone, but then damning people to hell if they don't repent for their sins and have faith in Jesus before they die. And maybe some people have some different outlooks on that that are Christian, but just, again, from what I was taught, it just doesn't, that just doesn't align for me and my beliefs. And I've questioned, like, after death, if souls get a final chance to repent, and basically the answer is no. (laughs) So... Some souls may go to, you know, purgatory to be purified from their sins, but they usually experience some sort of punishment before being sent to heaven. And then souls that are damned to hell go there immediately. And again, not trying to offend anyone, I think it's great for people to believe in whatever they want, whatever brings them peace. But personally, this just does- this just- this part- specifically does not make sense to me. It doesn't sit right with me. 
Some may consider this bad news. In reality, though, it's the best news imaginable because it opens heaven's doors to even the worst sinners if they will only turn away from their sin and trust God's word. And I don't... I just get so confused about this because they act like... Or just from this person specifically, they act as if... Like, you can you can repent for your sins while you're alive, but it's like once you die, it's like you don't get that second chance. But, so it just, I don't get it. It's just not, it's just, it's just not what I want to believe in. And I just really, I really hope people can respect that because this is not, uh, I, I just know that there are some people that are, if they find out about this or they listen to this, like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I <laughs> just, yeah. But that's the thing, too. It's like, I do believe in a higher power. I believe in, or God, you know, I just don't know. Well, I guess I don't think it aligns with, like, my views, like, of the Christian God or the way that Christianity illustrates God. Especially since I was taught that there is only, like, you know, one true God. Uh, you know, the Trinity. You know, who, he exists in three separate but equal persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And maybe, maybe those terms are just used so people can grasp some sort of understanding. But I just personally believe that things like the spirit world become so abstract that us as humans like we can't even really begin to comprehend some of these ideas or just the way that things really work after our physical deaths and I guess now that I believe more so in things like reincarnation you know that doesn't really align with a Christian point of view where you are gifted with one life but after you pass you spend an eternity with God. I have a lot of family that is Lutheran Christian and this isn't to offend anyone but I think I should be allowed to question things and think for myself and decide what I believe in. At the end of the day I believe in something greater and a place full of love and peace and honestly like I believe most people would look at that and agree that that's pretty great. So I wanted to touch on a book I just finished. It's called Journey of Souls and my friend Tristan recommended it. So shout out to you, Tristan. I know you're listening. Uh, But this book was written by Dr. Michael Newton. And I'm going to be straight up. I don't know a ton about him. So it's always good to stay skeptical, and that goes for anything. Um, I did read a little bit about him. Most of the stuff that came up was that he founded the Newton Institute for Life Between Lives Hypnotherapy. He had a doctorate in counseling psychology. He was a hypnotherapist for 50 years and LBL, Life Between Lives therapist, for 40 years. Personally, I've never had an experience with an LBL therapist, so I don't have any first-hand experience with this. I know this is something you have to be mentally stable and ready for because it can be a lot. 
and he has written many books on the use of spiritual regression. For the most part, it, he seems to have really good reviews on his books, and of course there are some people that don't believe him at all, which is fine, um, because it is good to stay skeptical. And so I'm not an expert on him or LBL therapists, uh, but beyond staying skeptical, this book was very interesting and exciting to me personally. A lot of it resonated with me, and I would like to believe that this is how everything works. That'd be awesome if this is how everything works. This approach of looking at life and death gave me a lot of comfort and peace, and it gave me more of a sense of purpose when looking at why are we even here. So, in Journey of Souls, Dr. Michael Newton places people in a superconscious state of awareness, which allows him to unveil his patients' hidden memories of life in the spirit world after physical death. While the patients are in deep hypnosis, his patients describe what happens between lives. And I think learning this concept, especially at such a young age, you get so comfortable with humanizing God because of the terms like persons, father, son, and then, you know, the Bible refers to him as him, and I guess he wants to be addressed in that way, or many Christians. Some, see, some Christians believe that God's not human. I guess you could say, like, non-binary. I don't even know. Just, he doesn't have a gender. But then some people, you know, obviously I refer to him as he, and people refer to him as he because that's what he wants to be called. It's just... So I'm going to give a really basic overview of what this book describes and goes through as the process of returning back to the spirit world and what happens while you're there. So, after physical death, your soul leaves your body and is sort of pulled into the spirit world. And from what the book describes, younger souls tend to hang around longer before returning to the spirit world. They seem to be more emotional about their death, especially when it is sudden. Personally, I have never been really afraid of death. I guess because I know it will happen in the way it is meant to at the time it is meant to. So I don't really think too much about it hurting or ending up in hell. I have faith and trust in the universe. And I don't know how to explain very well, but once the soul leaves the body, you kind of... I just say you kind of shed your human ego. I think the book might reference it like that too. I think it's very hard to grasp that concept. But upon arrival to the spirit world, you are reunited with loved ones, friends, guides, and your like soul group. And when you get there, you know, after you reunite with some people, you may spend time alone reflecting on your last life or you may have a meeting with your guide right away, kind of depending where you're at, but you will still have a meeting with your guide to discuss your past life eventually. And it seems to be a time of reflection initially upon arriving, and then after that, it seems that you'll probably begin working with your soul group again, and these souls are souls you are familiar with, and 
they're pretty much on your level, I say that kind of loosely, of, you know, knowledge and understanding. And then eventually, you will probably be making decisions with your guide on reincarnating, you know, maybe back on Earth, maybe somewhere else. But I think the biggest thing that I took from this book and what I choose to believe in is that we are all here to learn lessons. In my opinion, that just seems to be the purpose of life. So when we complete a physical life as a human, we reflect on our experiences as humans and what we are meant to take away from those experiences. And this is something our guides help us out with a lot, is understanding the purpose of our last life or past lives and what we have learned from them, and how we should move forward with this newfound knowledge or perspective. And this belief brings a lot of comfort and peace to me. We are here to learn, not to be perfect, not to have everything figured out. That means mistakes will be made and tragedies may be experienced, but it is all for a higher purpose of understanding. It also gives me a great sense of peace for the people around me and the rest of the world. We are all learning from each other and teaching each other. I'm learning patience from some people in my life and they're learning things from me, for example. And I think something I want to believe in and that has brought me a greater sense of peace than I could ever imagine is that the people that don't always make the best decisions or are maybe not the nicest people to you will, I don't want to say forced, because they will want to come to these realizations upon arriving to the spirit world, but forced in a way to reflect upon and learn from their mistakes while they're in the spirit world. So all the people who I've encountered in my life who were never really nice, Uh, I know there will be a time when they will have to reflect upon that in some of their decisions, but knowing that they have the chance to continue to grow and evolve from there is really comforting to me. And I know, like, I've thought about it, I'm sure a bunch of other people think about it, especially when we're talking about things in this sense. So... For those people who have committed, I mean, really heinous crimes, how it's described in this book is that there would be an isolation period upon returning to the spirit world so they can reflect and learn why their acts were so terrible. And then, usually these souls will actually choose to reincarnate in the position of a victim or someone that will be abused in their next lifetime so they can really understand what that's like. And I know there might be some controversial views surrounding this because some people commit acts so terrible that so many people truly want them to burn in hell and they say that. And I'm not saying that we should just, you know, love these people and let them off the hook for their actions. 
you know, these souls will be held accountable uh, just by living their next life in the position of someone who is hurt or abused. I guess I just want to believe in something better than an eternal hell because our souls aren't human. Our souls have a higher consciousness and don't carry around that human ego and just from what Dr. Newton's patients have said while under hypnosis, they experience so much peace because of just shedding off that human ego, which is pretty incredible to think about that our souls will one like just feel free one day, or I guess they already have, um, depending on your beliefs, but... <laughs> And I do love the idea of reuniting with past loved ones and friends. I've actually had two experiences in this lifetime with two different people where a part of me felt that I already knew this person and I can't describe that feeling of familiarity, especially since it was very different with each person because they were different. So, it's super hard to put into words, and I know other people who have experienced this, and I mean, it's incredible. And with these two people, I don't know where we'll stand for the rest of this lifetime. It feels like, for at least one of them, that we're supposed to spend the rest of this lifetime apart. But just knowing that if I'm right, which I know I'm listening to a deeper part of myself... I just feel I'm honoring a higher part of myself, and if that bothers somebody, well, that's just too damn bad. <laughs> My beliefs are harmless, so they shouldn't really bother anyone, and if they are bothered by it, uh, that's, that's their problem. Uh, but yeah, just knowing that I will probably see these people, these souls again, and, but sometimes I question myself, sometimes I'm like, Brandon, like, are you just making this up? I'm like, do you actually feel this way? And I'm like, and I really think about it and I'm like, well, well, yeah, like I'm listening to my intuition and, you know, once I talked to someone who has experienced like, this exact same thing, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. I might seem crazy to some people and maybe I do. That's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, it takes away so many worries of what will happen with us in this lifetime kind of thinking because although I believe in reincarnation I often find myself getting like way and I mean way too caught up in every specific little detail of this lifetime like when is this going to happen to me when will this big event take place in my life like it has to happen at this time so I can lead this socially acceptable life but, you know, what if one of these things don't happen? What if it's not meant for this lifetime? What if that's not part of this bigger lesson I'm supposed to be learning from my life now? You know, why should I worry about these societal concepts when something greater is at play? When I know that I'm exactly where I need to be right now. And I'm here for a reason. And that I don't have to worry too much about these other souls because they are where they need to be right now. And if our souls don't reconnect in this lifetime, 
I've made peace with that and knowing that that's okay and I can see them again when it's right. But yeah, so like I've said, I do believe in reincarnation and obviously it's a huge part of this book and these two people that I've met in this lifetime, I would not be the slightest bit surprised. I do believe that I've known them in past lives and it's comforting to know I might be reuniting with them in the spirit world. It's it's things like this that make me think that death isn't final, that our souls will live on. And this is a bit heavy, but you know, I've attended multiple open casket funerals and this isn't meant to sound insensitive by any means, but because obviously it's incredibly sad when somebody passes, but when I viewed these bodies, it just doesn't feel final to me. It doesn't feel like the end to me. And it's crazy to think about how we choose our bodies for specific reasons too. I'm, I believe I chose this body for a specific reason. I agreed to reincarnate in this body that would experience X, Y, and Z. And I chose these parents So, my perspective of life is just changing and all the difficult challenges we meet in this life, even just the day-to-day shit, (laughs) seem to have a greater purpose and I'm more understanding of the events in my life now and I'm learning lessons from my experiences and I acknowledge that there is so much left to learn and understand. So I thought since I touched on experiences with a couple people that I feel I have already met (laughs) prior to this lifetime, that I thought I should touch on a little bit on my guides and what I felt from them. Or maybe it was even a past loved one, but I have felt a higher presence at times and I know a lot of crazy cool things have occurred with so many people and their guides or loved ones and I just started Destiny of Souls which is the second book and it's got me thinking a lot about loved ones or guides letting us know that they're just there or that we're on track or we should follow through with this thing and I'm personally not incredibly familiar with my guides, probably compared to other people. Well, definitely. But I thought I would share a particular experience where I feel I've received signs in terms of questioning and trying to do, figure out what to do in situations that were difficult for me. So I have asked for signs in the past that I've received, but the experience I'm sharing today I wasn't blatantly asking for any signs that I can remember, but the story takes place when I was attending some orientation for my first year of college, and I was really struggling with my anxiety disorders at the time, along with PTSD. So my main goal was to just get through the day without having a panic attack if possible. And I was on campus with my parents, and we were walking down this sidewalk, And my dad saw something and he picked it up and it's this little metal angel. And it seemed very personal and handcrafted 
because I noticed one of the wings was much shorter and stubbier than the other one. And my dad gave it to me. And then I had to attend something, some meeting or whatever with my fellow classmates. And we were all, like, squished into this, like, auditorium situation. I don't really know. But we had to sit down. And we were all touching. Like, there was no room for anybody else to fit in there. And this normally would have just set me off the edge. I mean, even thinking about it now just kind of gives me feelings of anxiety. But I probably felt the calmest that I had felt. And it felt like I wasn't alone. And I know there's a ton of people around me, obviously, but... When I was battling with those struggles, in that sense, it felt like another presence or something was with me. And I can't even put that feeling into words. And I also wanted to mention that I still struggle with anxiety. um, Because my body's gotten so used to it over the years. Sometimes I don't even feel anxious myself. But, like, I'll go out into public and I'll, like, break out in hives. So it's like, it's just like my body has just gotten so used to a kind of like fight or flight response. And then so a year later, I got the wings tattooed on me. So they would be with me whenever or wherever I go. And I usually do carry around the angel as well. But I don't always have it with. So I have my wings with me forever. And I love it. But I think I'm going to leave it at that today. I mean, there's so much, you know, I could really go more so in depth, I guess, about death and dying. But I just kind of decided to just talk about what I felt like talking about. (laughs) Just stuff that's been on my mind recently. So with that, I think I'm going to wrap things up and get into the mantras for today. The first one is... My life has meaning. Everyone's life has meaning. The second one is, I'm naturally at peace with death. The third one is, I willingly let go of trying to control every tiny detail and let peace and acceptance guide my life. So thank you all for listening to this one. These are some heavier topics this is this was definitely harder than I thought it was going to be just uh, because I know some people want me to believe in certain things and I mean everyone has their own beliefs and I think whatever resonates with you and feels good for you is great I hope all of you are feeling at peace and comforted by your beliefs and I hope you all enjoyed have a great rest of your day or night and until the next one